Heating Up the UK is part of the Big Heads Media Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. Here's your host, Dan Healy, also known as at the Miami Heat UK. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. I'm your host, Dan Healy, and today I'm joined once again on back-to-back podcasts by fellow Heat fanatic, Sam Aquara. How are you doing, Sam? I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. It's a new year. It's new things. Let's get right into it. Yes, absolutely. Well, but actually, first of all, I want to apologise to our thousands of listeners um, for the, uh, the the delay in um, in the time it's taken for us to get another one out. Because the last time we released an episode, it was Christmas Eve. Um, so just the time of year, uh, trying to nail down, uh, you know, convenience of when work isn't getting in the way and social issues aren't getting in the way has been more difficult than uh, it usually is. So apologies to everyone for that. It's been far too long, but we're here now. And uh, a lot has happened since we last spoke. And um, we'll get, as Sam said, we'll get right into it. The last time we spoke, Sam, we was just about to start a quite tricky four-game stint to see out the end of the year. And those games consisted of three at home against the Utah Jazz, the Indiana Pacers, and the Philadelphia 76ers. And then we rounded off the year, in fact, rounded off the decade, with an away game against the Washington Wizards. And we analysed that last time out. And we said that, you know, some tricky games there. I think there was a back-to-back with Philly. Um, so we said, look, if we could look to go three and one through that stretch, we'd, we'd take it. There was a case to maybe take we all did. four. We did, uh, But we both, agreed, yeah, we both agreed that three and one would probably be, um, be, be acceptable. We'd take that uh, considering how difficult some of those games were. And then there we was, rushing off to a three-game winning streak against those very three difficult teams, especially the that mad night against Philadelphia uh, on that back-to-back when we should have lost, but Tyler Harrow done Tyler Harrow things in the clutch. Kid's and then amazing. That <laughs> was insane. Right? In fact, quickly on that, I've never seen, well, I haven't seen for a long time, the Heat House erupt as to when that pull-up three uh, with about five, six seconds to go went in. Um, was you watching that game live? Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Middle of the night screaming at the TV yeah. when that shot went in. <laughs> right. I mean, there's still like that had me jumped right up on my feet. And I thought, right, just get the basket and we'll look to foul and go from there to, 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 to pull up, to have that confidence. You just got to remind yourself that this kid's 19 and he's doing things like that. And yeah, I've, I've, I've never, I haven't heard a, a roar go out like that in, in that arena for a long time. So that was, uh, that was insane. That was probably my favorite game of the season so far. So that was great. So yeah, three game winning streak, and then we ended up um, with the last game of the season uh, of the year um, against the Wizards away, and we got duly blown out. So we did get our three and one uh, stint that we said we would, but probably not the way that we should have done. Sure. Now, now um, that sort of began a little sequence that has become maybe a little bit more familiar because up until that game, apart from I think we we, we lost relatively. Uh, earlier on to that um, against the Grizzlies but apart from that we had been rolling over every bad team that was put in front of us um, and then the, the struggle was a little bit actually against the better teams we wasn't doing so well but we was just brushing aside 
um, the, the, the sub-par 500 teams. Since that Washington loss, we've now gone two and six on the road since then. In fact, including that game. So we lost 123 to 105 against the Wizards. We then beat the Raptors the game after that at home in a very low scoring game. But then we lost by 20 on the road to Orlando. We then went back home, beat the Trailblazers. We then went away and beat the Pacers in a very convincing win. And then back-to-back defeats for the first time this season against the Nets and then the Knicks. And then since then, again, decent couple of decent wins against the Spurs and then away against the Thunder and then losing again last time out last night against the Spurs. So what do you think, mate? Is this something that just is this just something that happens? You go through little peaks and troughs or is at what were maybe have we been maybe a bit fortunate to be brushing across these teams early on? Or, you know, is there something more fundamental that is now going wrong that needs to be addressed? I guess it's just the course of an 82 game season taking its toll on the players. Over the time, over the length of the season, you get these sort of games where you underestimate teams purely because they're sub 500 teams or they're not performing well. Looking at the Washington Wizards game, for example, we've just come off really good wins, if you've mentioned it. And it's the last game of the year. Everyone's just yeah. chilled out, nerves <laughs> play into it, and probably let themselves go in that. But yeah. yeah. It's just how the season goes. It's keep in mind, keep in mind, we've had a very good start to the season. So oh, in oh, Heat yeah. history, I, I believe this is like the third best start in Heat history. Working on an article for the website, twenty nine is greater than thirty. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> um, we started the, the season with twenty nine wins against two years ago when we ended with thirty wins, and I'm just drawing comparison to both of them. So yeah, keep an eye out yeah. for that. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a good yeah. start to the season in my eyes, and it was oh. bound to happen. It's the, the first time we've lost two games back to back in a se- in the season, and if you compare to previous Heat teams, and like we did in the last podcast, comparing what we were expected to do to start the year, we're in a very good place. And even looking at how we lost them, we built a good lead, and we let it, we let it slip towards the end of the fourth quarter. We have had similar games like that to start the season, and fortunately, we won those. But it's moments like this that builds a good playoff team because we're going to have those close moments in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Butler was asked in a post-game interview um, if there was anything good they could take out from that or something along those lines. And he said, no, we don't like losing. And that's the right attitude to have. But it's games like this that you learn the most from and you build up in the regular season. When it comes to the postseason... You you don't have the time to make these sort of adjustments, don't have the time to, to learn these sort of things. So I'm not glad we're losing, but at the same time, I hope we're learning from it. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that that's right. And like people have got to remember that they, they have got to sometimes take stock to what we've done so far, where they're still at this point, we're still the second seed in the East. And no one would have put that. Well, not many people would have made would have said that uh, at come this time of year. So I think that it's right in the fact that, you know, if you go back to how we was we was really beating teams earlier on, there were also some really close games that, you know, had the odd shot not happened. Had the, like you look at, for example, um, the comeback at, at home against the Hawks, you know, the famous one where oh, Trey yeah. Young said, you know, mm-hmm. that's it. It's over. 
and then suddenly we, we a couple I think a steal and a uh, a couple of three pointers and within less than a minute 40 seconds later we was back you know level or one up or game. whatever and it was an overtime win again so you know sometimes you've got to think you know you, you take the rough with the smooth that came that game might not have gone our way uh, it did the last couple of games they haven't gone our way away from home so uh, you know it is I, I totally agree with you it is just roll the, the ups and downs the rolling with it of an 82 game season but one thing that perhaps is being highlighted quite a lot is the fact that um, we've we've got no problem on an offensive end. We've got maybe too many options on an offensive end, but defensively, um, it's looking a little bit more ragged. And that all starts really from the fact that we've no we haven't got our rim protector like we did have. We haven't got elite rebounding like we did have, but. Is that misleading? You know, because you look at, you, I mean, I think you put out last time on the, on the pod that like stats-wise, offensive rebounds that we're actually up there with the best. Is that right? Oh, yes, we're definitely up there. As of, was it last week, we had the best rebounding rate. And I've got some more interesting stats to give you, particularly on defense. Excellent. So currently, we're, we're, off, we're giving off the eighth lowest points in the paint. So we're offering... 45.4 points in the paint. That's 8 out of 30 in the league. There are some places where we are bad defensively, yeah. and there are some places where we are playing absolutely fantastic. We defend the three fantastically. We're currently top in the league. Um, opponents, three-point percentage of 32.9%. We're the eighth-best team at defending the fast break. But mm. in comparison to that, we're the fourth-worst when it comes to um, points off turnovers. So there's some areas where we excel and then there's a couple areas where we're just doing poorly. I say yeah. defensively we're bang average right now. Yeah. There's a lot to do to get us to an elite defensive level before the playoffs start. And yeah. Justice Winslow kind of plays into it as well because right now a perimeter defense could use a bit of work. Mm. Yeah, that's that's right. That, well, that was the next thing I was about to come on to is that when, whenever you see a couple of bad games, and I think it was really highlighted, I believe it was against the Nets when we lost there, and it seemed like every rebound they was getting, there was bullying us in the paint. The second chance points were outrageous, and suddenly that makes everybody say, you know, what what are we going to do? We need to we need to change this, change that, and everything else. Um, and it does all start on the perimeter, and I think that people get remind need to be reminded really that just how um, how useful and how good uh, Justice Winslow is as a perimeter defender. I think it's gone around quite a lot um, on uh, social media recently about the overtime win against the Bucks in game two. And there was that, that little um, uh, bit of footage that sort of circled just how great Winslow was. I think I'm pretty sure you would have seen it um, where it is just like, like no one could get around him. He was just so dogged. And that's oh, what... Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's one thing about the Heat. In terms of defense, they play hard. Yeah. They play. They it's 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 the Heat mentality. It just takes me back to a couple seasons ago where you have players like Rodney Magruder giving their life on the line, just jumping yeah. for the ball. That's how we play defense. I don't think there's anything wrong with, with our defense right now. Like I said, it is bang average. We can yeah. definitely improve, but I won't say we're a bad defensive team. No, no, I totally agree. And um, you know, when you look at um. As soon as something like that happens and you look at Jimmy, who he, he you, you know, when it's been bad, but like if Jimmy says, look, 
it's not like you just said he won't accept losing but he also says I, I hate it when we don't defend like dogs and that's what's happened maybe on one or two of the occasions during these bad losses is that he can see that the effort isn't there and that's what something that Jimmy Butler doesn't tolerate so you know a, a little mix of that and so you know when you see some of the you know offensive uh, sorry defensive rebounding and the points in the paint and the second chance points that immediately people start to lose it but I think that Winslow is a big part of that and th- there's there's an issue there because he he took a long time coming back no one really knew what was wrong was it a bone bruise was it a back strain and so on and then he comes back for 12 scoreless minutes looked out of touch and rusty which is fine you'd expect that and now he's out without any date of really any idea of when he's coming back what do you make of this do you think that this is just again something that um you know is to be expected or do we think there's a problem there do you think there's something do do we look into it a bit more is this like end of the road for for Winslow in terms of you know his future with the heat I don't want to call it the end of the road with Winslow um I'd like to think the heat has his best his health as their best interest right now Mm. um I'd I'd want I'd also like to think that they won't want to put him on the court if he isn't 100 percent yeah. I, um, yeah. I, go on. I still, I fully believe that he's in the Heat's plans for the future. We'll just have to wait and see how this injury plays out. I think he's out for another two weeks right now, so we'll have to reevaluate around yeah. what All Star. Yeah, but that's yeah. right. Well, it makes sense now to really, I, I suppose, just shut it down to after All Star because it gives him a bit more of an extended rest. But you know, there's been some some whisper because of the uncertainty of it and like even like the the, the main people in the media are saying that, that they're not really sure what's going on um and that sometimes leads to speculation of you know is that it, are, are they both thinking that they're on the same page is 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 there a difference of opinion here Do, does Winslow think he's is not ready and the heat think he are you know I believe from what I understand there's been second opinions there's even been third yeah, opinions that's happened. for what's yeah. happened so um, and, you know, there's been some people saying that that it, it might be that this is now loaded towards that comeback, which is hovering around that trade deadline. Could there be something put together there? Um, so it is all speculation. It is difficult because we, we don't know. We simply don't know. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I would really I'd be really disappointed to see that be it for Winslow. And I like to think that that's misguided. But there are people that are saying that, that don't be surprised if you don't see him in a heat uniform again, if there's a trade going to be lined up. So I doubt that. Yeah, I doubt. We'll just have to see. But I doubt that. I think yeah. he'd be safe for at least till his contract till his contract runs out. Mm. Yeah. And he's probably got what two, three years left. Yeah, I think he's got I think he's got another I think he's got another year next year. And then I think he's the year after that is a team option. So that's Actually. interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. So whilst we just really very, very quickly just um, sort of briefly overlooked that, what the, the when you have a couple of bad uh, results like we've had um, and then you see the issues with, with Winslow and so on and the fact that he is a he is a tradable asset, I would put that. But the, people, the, the names are still the same that they always were in terms of if the Heat were to make a move right now. Um, first of all, I'll ask you, do, do you think we will? And then second of all, the, the names that are still around, that we're still talking about, um, are Drew Holiday, Ke- Kevin, Lund, uh, Kevin Love, um, Andre Drummond, DeMar DeRozan, 
Lamarcus Aldridge. They're the names that aren't going away, not necessarily just with the Heat, just in general, that they could be up for uh, for some sort of trade. So first of all, do you think that the Heat, with all of their nice little pieces they've got here, with these really you know very tradable assets in some of our offensive pieces we've got, do you see these getting put together into something that may package, for example, a Justice Winslow? into anything that any of those names that I've just mentioned, or do you just think that it's going to stay as it is? I think it's, I think it's going, to stay, it's going to stay as it is because these names have been in speculation for about a month now, some even more, mm. and they've been on a trade block for quite a while, given that the trade market only just opened a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, if they were going to make a move for them, it would have been done by now, in my view, because no disrespect to any of them, they are ex-All Stars. But mm. Pat Riley, I know for a fact he's trying to build a super team in Miami. Yep. Don't know when, but he's got that in view. And I, what's his name? Brian Windhorst reported on that on ESPN Radio the other day, saying that yep. other teams should be aware that there's a huge possibility that Pat Riley is trying to build a super team. Thing is, we've got the assets to do it anyway, yeah. so it's it's not like two seasons ago or last season when we were in cap hell. We're in a yeah. good place to make a good trade, but I don't see a trade happening unless it takes us to at least Milwaukee Bucks level yeah. or Lakers level, and none of these players cut it for me right now. <clears throat> no, no, that's true. I think that I, I, I do agree with that. I think that if you're going to... I mean, we, we are in a position at the moment, which I didn't expect me to be saying, but we are in a position where we, we can compete for a title right now. Exactly. But we are we are a step down from the, the, the Bucks, the Lakers, the Clippers, etc. Um, I, I, I don't see us winning against those teams over a seven-game series. So the, I think what the option is, what they're trying to explore, is that they, they can't compromise the max slot that we are trying that we should be available come 2021 to have a run for, um, like a, a Yan, Giannis or someone to that ilk. Um, but if something could be done where um, I think the most heavily muted was uh, Drew Holiday, I don't see the point in the other t- names that I've mentioned because I just don't see that, one, I don't think they're what we need, and two, I don't see that they move the needle. So, like for example, Lamarcus Aldridge, you know, really good player. But we've got we've got players like that. We don't need another offensive big. We've already got two of them. So exactly. I, I don't see that trader. Demar Derozan, yeah, all star player, really like him, brilliant player. In fact, and in, in, in incredible form at the moment. We don't need him. We've got shooters. We the, the, he uh, Derozan can't defend. He's not what we need right now. So Drew Holiday is the sort of player that we do need, but it all depends on what really would what we could do to try and make that appealing for uh, New Orleans because if that if that if we could get like for example a Drew and still have managed to work that trade where we can make that max slot still available for 2021 then in my opinion it is a no-brainer but I don't think we've got enough that we'll see um, New Orleans want to make that trade because they'll they'll ask for something that we won't want to give we're not going to give up Hero uh, we're not going to give up Bam uh, they're not just going to take on our bad money and in a, a Justice Winslow, for example, it won't appeal to them. So I agree with you. I think that if there was a trade to happen, I think that's probably the one that we would explore. But bottom line is I just don't think we'll we'll have enough 
And I don't think that we'd want to give up what they would probably ask for. Do you agree with that? I fully agree. I feel like in the past few seasons, uh, Pat Riley and the Heat organization in the front office, they have made some terrible front office decisions mm-hmm. to signing Hassan Whiteside, mm-hmm. the deal given to James Johnson and things. Just, I feel right now, it's all it's all or nothing. Yeah. From that, from the moment that Jimmy Butler trade happened, I, my faith was restored in Pat Riley that, yeah, he's not going back to where he was. Like, he Twitter calling for his resignation. Nah, yeah, it, he's not going back. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, he he pulled an All Star with zero cap, um, out, That's of, a legendary out of the move. blue, and legendary and, got, move. and got rid of Hassan Whiteside in in the deal as well. I mean, that that just could not have been any any sweeter and anyone that was calling him wash just you know for him to say you know that that the famous saying of you know there are no obstacles well there are oh. but there are none and then literally, you need to put down a t-shirt oh it's just incredible and then to, to to then pull out what he pulled out after saying that was talk was like talk about back my words up so yeah i'm i i love that and i'm with you i, I he's got another super team in him he, he's one of the best if not the best in the business at, at doing so so it's exciting to uh, to see what could happen, but oh, I I just think just very quickly going back to it, if we could if we could do something for Drew Holiday without giving up too much, I know it's always the, the same thing, but a lot of people would say, well, look, Winslow and uh, James Johnson, for example, that's not going to cut it. It's not even worth putting it out there. It's going to take Winslow is a good player, and by all, by all accounts, um, is someone that um, the New Orleans GM sort of admires as well, um, but. You're, you're going to have to give up something like a Kendrick Nunn um, and then maybe like a bad contract to make the money work as well. It's whether or not they would find that enough to, uh, to, to go with it. But Just a quick segue from this discussion. Mm-hmm. Did you catch the game against the Trailblazers? Yep. How did it feel watching the Heat destroy Hassan Whiteside, even though he put <laughs> up good numbers? <laughs> well, that's the thing with Hassan Whiteside. That's the thing he's always done. He's always put up good numbers. But it's just it, it's there's no there's no work ethic there there's no everything slowed down. I mean so I could, I sort of say the same about Andre Drummond. Although Andrew, you know Whiteside's a B tech Andre Drummond. <laughs> um, but um, you know Andre Drummond his numbers are always insane. But that's what happens when you just go from paint to paint. You're always going to get good numbers. So, empty stats. Em, Absolutely em, empty stats. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, I I, I mean I. I loved, I've always sort of said I, I don't really bag on Whiteside. I did used to really like him as a player um, when I was in my young, naive Miami Heat fandom days. Um, so uh, Surprisingly, I, I, I was a huge Whiteside fan. I remember back in university, um, the Sunday that we signed him to a 10-day contract on a Saturday and I had basketball training at university on a Sunday. I pull up to training and I'm literally gloating like, have you guys seen the guy Miami Heat sign? He's averaging 15, 5, and 10 over season. And talking to my teammates were like, did you not watch him in Sacramento? He's absolutely <laughs> trash. And then he does a triple dozen in Chicago the week after. I pull up to training and like, did you guys see that? Yeah. Nah. That's it. Yeah. No, nah, it's, it's always the thing with Hassan. So um, I, I did, I felt a little bit sorry for him. Well, I didn't. I, I loved, at, at first, I loved it at the free throw line when he was shooting and, and all the crowd was singing, we've got shooters. 
Um, that that's that a was great, hilarious. That was a great moment. Although he did sort of try and put himself right. I don't know whether it's in backtracking or not, but he said, look, that was a sort of misleading thing. He didn't mean it disrespectfully in terms of the Miami Heat haven't got shooters, which we didn't at that point. Um, he was sort well, of saying it's more... Well, we did. We did, but we just didn't know it. No, that's true. Yeah, we did, but we didn't know it. That's very true. Uh, he was saying that he was more saying it because he was joining the team with two very, very much elite all-star level shooters on him. So that was his reasoning. But the Heat, um, the heat House let him hear it. So uh, that was really interesting. But yeah, no, give me give me Bam Adebayo's efficiency, athletics, athleticism, um, just all-round game any day over what we, we would get from the, what you say rightly there is the empty stats of Hassan Whiteside. So, yeah, that was a pleasing one. That was a pleasing one. You know, weirdly, Bam Adebayo and Hassan Whiteside are currently averaging similar numbers. Really? Given, given Hassan probably has like two rebounds a game more, but the stats are quite similar. Double-double rebounds, probably slightly less blocks on mm. Bam's side, but loads more assists. Oh, yeah, the assists obviously are going to go through the roof in terms of that comparison, yeah. So, But, yes, no, that was that was a good one. What did you – did you catch last night's game at all? Or I know you've been busy did, um, against nah. the Spurs. No, nah. nah, it was a bit. Of... But fortunately, we got a game on in an hour, so I'm gonna yes, watch that. Yes, that's right. Yeah, we got. We, yeah, we can't be too long tonight. It's currently uh, <laughs> Martin Luther King Day today, so um, so enjoy that to all our American listenings, uh, listeners. Uh, enjoy it, Martin Luther King Day. It's great over here because for the first time, really all season, we get a full day of uh, of early evening and you know mid evening uh, basketball, which is fantastic for us. So we're all settling into that as it currently. Uh, stands on at the moment watching Martelli with Washington narrowly beating the Detroit Pistons by 83 to 80. So we'll see how that plays out. And all the other games are starting to go off. Miami Heat tonight are at 10 o'clock. So we are be tuning in for that. But yeah, just going back to last night's game um, against Spurs. It was a t- it was a tough one. Competitive game, quite an enjoyable game. Um, again, I sort of feel like um, it was one that we had in our grasp and we flew it through away. And that's been one of the big frustrations in recent weeks um, watching Miami. And I feel like at the moment I'm getting a little bit concerned with um, with Jimmy Butler in the clutch because he's, he's relying very heavily. And it sounds insane to be, it's, and it's not criticism, but um, he's relying very much on getting fouled, driving to the basket and then taking the free throws. He's, he's, I think he's something like 25% from free. His mid-range is is gone. It just seems like, you know, it's becoming, you know, you look at last season's Philadelphia, Jimmy Butler, and it seems like the polar opposite right now. Is this something we should be a little bit concerned about? Let's be honest. Jimmy Butler's never been a fantastic three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. He's, his bread and butter is that mid-range and getting to the basket as well. So I'm not surprised at the fact, the fact that he's shooting a bit off at the three-point. Mm. My my only bit of surprise is we're not winning right now because when he came in, he'd have games where he'd score, he'd take less than five shots and we'd still win. He'd have mm. games where his numbers wouldn't look too fantastic, but you could see what he's doing on the court to get that W. And yeah. now we're in a situation where we kind of need him to just push a little bit for that win. Like this team kind of goes where Jimmy Butler goes. No disrespect to Bam, but mm. Bam Bam follows off Jimmy, Jimmy Butler's leadership. And not saying that he's got like leadership issues or anything. No. There's certain games games like um for example where we had um where we played at uh I believe was it um New York we had we narrowly lost that 
in the last yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think he was trying. Yeah, just going back to what you said, he tried to draw a foul on the three, and or was it in a mid range, and it didn't go in, and then yeah, we ended up losing that. He he has to perform better in those situations, yeah. particularly because that is what he brings to this team. He may not score twenty points in the first three quarters, but as long as he's delivering for for us, yeah, in the clutch moments, that's what we need, and. That's the only problem I've got with Jimmy Butler right now. Yeah, well, I think that I think that's an opinion that that's something that will be shared. So um, yeah, I think it's been and the same same a little bit with I mean Dragic has been brilliant. He's had some real good flashes, but again sometimes there's I think there may be a little bit too much faith being put in uh, either Jimmy or Dragic um, in the clutch situations, and I understand it because they're the two most experienced. They're the two they've both been all stars, so I get it. But when I look at someone like at the moment Kendrick Nunn has been not only on fire in his terms of performance, but he's just, his efficiency, it just seems like, you know, those little floaters, those little runners, every time he throws them up, they're going That's in. his bread and butter right now. Yeah. That's his bread and butter. I just, I was watching, um, I was in transit yesterday, so I was on a train from Derby back to London, mm-hmm. and I was watching the first and second quarter on League Pass on my phone, and the number of floaters he had that just went in, Yeah, I was just amazed. Yeah, it's good. as you said, it's his bread and butter. And I just feel at the moment, whenever I see Kendrick Nunn with a ball in his hand, I just feel more, you know, calm than anybody else. Because I just think he's just got that touch at the minute. And I don't know, is it something that, you know, he does, he doesn't seem to be finishing many games, does he? He seems to be with, with, um, with, uh, Robinson, who can, you know, obviously we all know what he can do, but he, we're, we're relying on him, Jimmy, um, Dragic and then obviously we've got Bam and, uh, and and sometimes Leonard on there as well when we finish. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, the ball in, in Kendrick's hands to, to finish games, do you think? It depends because um, one thing about Kendrick, he's got this, um, when he dribbles to the basket or when he's like involved in a play, sometimes he just like puts his head down and drives mm. and you don't need that in clutch moments of the game. That's how you, you get easy turnovers or that's how you miss your players, your teammates who are open and a wing. Yeah. I understand in certain instances where why he's not being put in clutch moments, but I feel that we've got more than half of a season to explore that, yeah. um, his clutchness. And hopefully, yeah. like right now, I'm not even thinking about the rest of the season. My mind's already in the playoffs because I know we're there. I'm this just trying it. to... I'm just trying to see how we're going to be better and compete at the level of the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, yeah, this this is it. This is very true. And sometimes it's something that I may be a little bit guilty of because you do have to just take some of the, the regular season games as a pinch of salt. You, I think it's because it's been such a great start and suddenly we're not rolling over everybody and you have to just take stock and go, look, it's, it's at this stage now, as you've just said, the playoffs are a lock. That's not a problem. Um, it's just now just figuring things out, just figuring between now and the end of the season, what's the best way to start fin- and finish games. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it. So coming on to um, what's coming up next, um, you know, we're not, we're not being the best road team. We're a sort of hover around 0.500. I think we might be a game under 0.500, but we are still the best home team in the whole of the NBA. And fortunately, just one loss. Us, yes. Just one loss, 18 and one. And we so, should have won that game. Yeah, that's right. If it wasn't for some bad officiating, we could have won that game. So, and have now, good news for us is the next five 
are all at home in the heat okay. house. So coming up, obviously Sacramento tonight, which should be a win. That'll but, be a fun but, game. It'll be but, interesting yeah, to watch. Yeah, a fast game should be. And we're on the back-to-back. We're one of the only teams that played last night. So could be a bit trickier than maybe what some people are maybe thinking. So that would be a fun game, as you say. Then we've got the Wizards, then the Clippers, then Orlando Magic, and then the Boston Celtics to finish that. We then, we then go away to Orlando, and then we're back home against the Sixers. So it's actually six of the next seven but uh, that we're at home, but five in a row. Now, some tough games there. Um, I put it out on Twitter earlier. Um, next five, what do we expect to take? And the consensus was we should be looking for around about four out of five there. Do you agree with that, or should we be going for the, the full sweep? Mm. <laughs> the last three games are really tough ones. Yeah, and also I should point out the Boston game, which is the last one, is a second night of a back-to-back. Oh, wow. Again, always seems That's to be against, the, against Boston that we seem to be on back-to-backs. So mm. what are your thoughts? I want to be conservative, and I want to go with three. Yeah. But then again, we're too good at home, so I'm I'm pushing four. This, this is this is the thing. Yeah, this is the thing. I think that's exactly it. I think that you know any other time you would look at those fixtures and go, well, yeah, that a three and two should be all right. But then you just got to remember that we are just the the best. We are literally the best at home. So yeah, should should we be going for the four or the fifth? But to be fair, there's certain things that we need to put into consideration, like that Clippers game. Um, there going to be some load management. Is Kawhi going to play? Because if Kawhi's not playing, I reckon we could easily, we could handle Paul George easily. Yeah. That Magic pretty- game, I know we'd want to come back and prove ourselves after losing. So mm-hmm. yeah, I can't yeah, stand think- playing against the Magic. I really can't stand. I I I, I think I, I I detest playing against the Magic more than any other team because they just always seem to have our they always bloody find a number. Yeah. Always find a way. Sasha what's his name? Vucevic? Vucevic, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And Ivan Fournier. I absolutely hate those Uh two. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But no, you're right. And that is a good point to bring up about uh, the Clippers. And if Kawhi is obviously load managing, then that's a different ball game. Is Paul George back now? Because he's been injured, hasn't he? He's been injured, hasn't he, Paul George? I'm not sure, actually. I think so. I I need to look that one up. Yeah. Yeah. But no, um, it'll be an interesting stretch. I would... um, it would be, I think, yeah, I would probably even just take take three. I would take four would be great. Obviously, anything more than that is just incredible. But, you know, we're, we're, we we just got to remember that we are we are a force. We are literally the best at home. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a good test. It'll be a good good test to see how we come through those next five games at home. I was reading an article the other day and um, someone highlighted the fact that, I can't remember who it was or else I would have given them credit for it. But um, someone highlighted the fact that... Um, Heat teams tend to play better in the second half of the season, yes, mostly post All Stars. So just thinking back to was it twenty, I think twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen, when they had a twenty seven game win streak after they signed Birdman. Yeah, and then we've got the thirteen eleven team as well. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I did see that as well, and it's also worked very much worth um, mentioning the fact that we have got the sixth, I believe, easiest schedule oh, yes. um, between now and that the end of well. the season. And um, I think Boston Celtics, I think, have the hardest. It might be, it might not be the hardest. It's definitely up there um, as the hardest run. So that's quite interesting, considering I think there's only about two games that separate, or two and a half games that separate uh, two through to six. So um, that's really interesting. So yeah, I, think, I saw that the other day. That's shocking. 
you would yeah. have thought we'd be way ahead, but it's only what two yeah. games. Well, this is it, and I think it's it's been accompanied by the Pacers have suddenly hit some great form, and they've still got Depot to come back. Um, so uh, that they're going to be uh, an interesting team. But I think that really, uh, you know, as long as we get a, a home seed, I think at this stage now, anything less than a a home seed lock will be will end up being a little bit disappointing because, uh, you know, considering what you've just said there, the fact that we've got um, uh, we always perform better second half of the season. We've got uh, uh, one of the easiest runs run-ins. I think that anything less than a top four finish now would be quite tight. But it can't be taken for granted because it is so tight. It is really tight. Yeah, and you don't want to be finishing. You don't want to be finishing third or fourth and then have Philly. I mean, I still expect Philly to to run up the table a bit more. But I, you don't want to be getting there and then end up with a Philadelphia first round match because yeah, ideally of, we want to get a second. Because yeah. like, if we end up second, we avoid Milwaukee up until the finals. Yes, that's so, it, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and and we should get. I mean, the, the, there's a bit of a gap between six and seven, so you'd be thinking we'd be having either the Magic or or the Nets if we get a a second uh, place finish. But out of all of those uh, teams, you know, I do sort of fancy us against any of them over seven games, apart from definitely uh, apart from Philly. I, I would say I that's probably the one I wouldn't Philly. want. I take us over Philly. I do yeah? right now. Wow. I just think they're just heat too and, big. Heat and six, four two. <laughs> I just don't like the matchups. I think they're just too big for us. I think we struggled, but yeah, who say? We'll see. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Uh, to be honest, I wouldn't. No, no one will want us. That's the main thing out of those teams. So that's very much worth considering. But um, so coming on to um, the final segment, um, I want to talk about All Star. Now, well, before we go All Star, can we talk about? Um... D Wade's jersey retirement. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's that's around the corner, isn't it? Yeah, twenty oh, I can't remember now. Something of February. Could be twelfth of February, twenty second of February. Oh god, I should have looked it up. Yeah, it's soon. It's not it's not far away. I cannot wait for that. He it's well deserved. Oh absolutely. I, I can't believe I was one of the very few people who was angry that D Wade wanted to leave because they gave his contract money to Tyler Johnson. I can't yeah. believe I was one of them. Well, well, his jersey deserves to be retired, and he needs a statue with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this it's just it's, yeah, the the best the best player we'll probably ever see for the Miami Heat. So um, yeah, that's going to be fan, that's going to be fantastic. And I think they're I think they're doing it over a weekend. It's not just a yeah they are. Uh, yeah, a single night thing. It's going to be uh, celebrated over a weekend. So yeah, thoroughly looking forward to the legacy that is D Wade. So that'd be great. Yeah, well, well, good mention there, mate. So yeah, on to uh, on to All Star now. Um, I want to ask your opinion on whether we think. Um, well, I know that Heat Nation think that Bam Adebayo is an All Star. There's a difference between whether we think he is an All Star and whether we think he will get there. Now, do you see any? Before I sort of go into it a bit more, do you see any conceivable reason why he should not be in Chicago? No, I can't think of three front court players in the East better than Bam Adebayo right now. And I'm struggling to think of who the third person is right now. Because other than Yanis Antetokounmpo and Joel Embiid, I can't say there's a front, there's someone in a front court in the East better than Bam. He deserves okay. to make it to the All-Star. Yeah, well, I'm totally with you. But just going on now, I'll, I'll mention the names that we know are going to be locks of, uh, in the East. So we've got Giannis, 
But Pascal Siakam is going to make it. He will, yeah, he definitely will. He will. I mean, he's had some injury troubles, but the way he started the season, it was just insane. And he does deserve it. He does deserve to be an all-star this year. Um, Joe, Joe, Joe Embiid. Isn't he? Is he injured? He is injured at the moment, but I, yeah, think, I, he's, so. I think he's due back relatively imminently. I think it's okay. like a, another week. So he'll, he'll be there. Um, then you've got Jimmy Butler is currently sitting in fourth. He will be there. Then it gets a little bit more interesting because if you take out the comedy factor, the fact that Taco Four is currently sitting sixth, so he's not going to be there. But the fans shouldn't deserve a vote, man. They should take our votes away. <laughs> it is a bit, it is a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. So take Taco Four out. Now the next name down is Jason Tatum. Do you think he'll be there? Deserves to be there. Mm, I, I think the coaches will vote him in. Yeah. I think they would. Yeah, well, I think I, I agree with you. And when you think that, obviously, when we come onto the guards in a minute, Kemba Walker is going to be there. Um, and then it's really a, a decision between who they then bring along as a front call in terms of it could be Tatum, it could be Brown. Um, it'll probably be one of the two of them, but I would probably say that I would agree that Tatum will probably be there. So they'll yeah, vote. I'll take him. Tatum over Brown. I'll take Tatum over Brown. Okay, so just to leave the um, the front court for a minute, when you now go to the guards, Kemba Walker will be there. Wrongly, in my decision, Kyrie Irving will be there, but he yeah, will be he, there. he doesn't deserve it, but he, he will doesn't he definitely will be there. He's a fan he favourite. He'll exactly. definitely be there. Exactly. Um, and currently leading the guards is Trey Young. Now, um, that sort of divides opinion because some people say, again, it's maybe empty stats because he offers obviously offers big numbers on a bad team. Um, he's very, he's obviously extreme on the offense, but he's abysmal on the defense. But nevertheless, he is number one voted out of all the guards. So you'd have to assume that means that he's going to be there. Yeah, I would so, assume so as well. Yep. So at the moment, that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay. We've got four more players. Now, when you take the fact that you would now assume that Derek Rose is probably going to get a nod. Because of the fact that it's in Chicago. He's on the West, isn't he? Do they not split it by teams anymore? Do they, what, sorry? Do they not split it by conferences anymore? Uh, no, he's at Derek Rose is in, in Detroit. Oh, shit. I, forgot. <laughs> I, I thought he was still in Minnesota. No, he's, 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 in, he's in Detroit now. So uh, And he's actually been doing pretty well. He's been doing pretty well. But the whole loving with the fact that it's going to be back in Chicago, again, you would assume he's probably going to be there. Now, if that's the case... We're now looking at names that I haven't mentioned yet. Bradley Bill, Ooh, Ben he's Simmons. Gonna make, he's going to make it. Yeah. I don't know about Ben Simmons, but I, I don't know, Brad, know about Bradley Ben Bill, Simmons. Bradley Bill will make it. And I, and I agree with you. I think he's been, again, he's been exceptional. So that's now your 10th player. We've now got two left. Ben mm-hmm. Simmons, as we said. Kyle Lowry, who's been very good this year. Fred mm-hmm. Van Fleet, not sure about that. And then we'll go back to the front court now with... Bam Adebayo, Gordon Hayward, um, Sabanis from Indiana, and Andre Drummond. Now, <sighs> I take I take Bam right next. I definitely I w- take Bam over every single one of them, and it's not just because I'm a Heat fan. Yeah. Well, I would agree with you. Now, the only thing that worries me a little bit is the fact that because um, obviously Oladipo isn't there, will they look to go and will they look to give Indiana a place? And if they do then that's probably going to be Sabanis. Now, that then means you've now got to choose one. Now, I, I, I'm with you again. I think Bam should be there. But now that means if Bam's there, 
that means that you're not going to have Ben Simmons, you're not going to have Gordon Hayward, Andre Drummond, and other people that are in the mention, like Brown, Zach Levine, Fred Van Fleet. But for, would you would you be in agreement with that? Would he would he? Well, you've just said you he should get that spot spot. Absolutely. Right? Out of all the names you've just mentioned, I'd understand why you'd want someone like Drummond as an All Star. Mm-hmm. I'm not too convinced on Gordon Gordon Hayward. He's having a ah. better season. Yeah. Compared to like when he injured his was it his foot or his yeah. leg or what was it? Yeah. yeah, but I don't think he's going to be an all star this year. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I can't be Gordon, convinced. I can't be convinced to pick any of those players over Bam. Nah. I think if Golden Hayward was put in ahead of Bam, that is a that is a travesty. It really is. Now there there is an argument for Drummond, but again, it's big stats on a bad team. Um, well, I say bad team. They're still sort of in playoff contention, but they're not a good team really. Um, and then you know it, it would it may raise eyebrows if uh, if Ben Simmons doesn't get there. Um, but yeah, I think that, that in our opinion, I know we're always going to be a little bit biased. But even if you take that away as a neutral, I think you've got to put up a bit of an argument to 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 convince me that Bam shouldn't be an All Star this year. Exactly, and. Um... This new voting arrangement, I believe the media gets voted as well, don't they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The media absolutely loving Bam right they now. They do. They do. Absolutely that's a very loving good point. Him. That's a very good point. Yeah, they do. There is a Bam loving. So, yeah, uh, that's a good point. And the coaches see it as well. Just the other day, um, Greg Popovich was talking yep. about how we shouldn't have left him off the yep. US team. So, yeah, that's I right. Think, I think he's got the All-Star vote. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, Miami Heat will have two All-Stars. And, uh, and it's been a, lot, been a long time since we saw that. Was that yep. a big three? And, that's it. And then what we now, once we get Drew Holiday and Giannis, well, there you are. <laughs> That's that super team. There we go. Don't write off Pat. Right, Sam, before we go, very quickly, uh, tonight's game against the Kings. Going to be a fun one. Um, Definitely. Heat on the second night of a back-to-back. Um, Kings are a lot fresher. We was one of the only teams to play last night. Um, can see that being an issue or straightforward win for Miami? Considering we lost last night, I see a straightforward win for Miami. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, to be being the home at home as well. Um, I don't think they're the best uh, defensively, uh, the Kings. So uh, struggling a bit as well. Not in great form. I think they've lost four in a row now, uh, the Kings. So yeah, I'm 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 with you. It's a straightforward heat win. Hopefully tonight. Heat win. I'd say a margin of between eight to twelve points. We'll, we'll yep. see. Take that all day. Right. Lovely. We'll wrap it up there, Sam. Um, before we go, where can everybody find you uh, on the Twitter sphere? It's at Sam Aquara, S-A-M-O-K-W-A-R-A. Same on Instagram. Same on any social media network you can find. There you go. There you go. So very pleased, uh, very happy to be joined again by Sam. Um, had a great, great insight uh, when we spoke last time. Apologies that it's taken so long to get an episode out. Um, it won't be. Uh, it won't be the case going forward. Just as you can all understand, a busy time of year. Um, so we'll wrap it up there. Um, hopefully a nice heat victory tonight. And to anybody listening in America, happy Martin Luther King Day. We'll call it a day there, guys. See you soon. See you soon.